Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. It's our weekly segment episode with InsideTexas.com publisher Eric Nolene. It's the state of the program. Each and every week we try to uh, uh, go over everything that's going on within the program, getting ready for the program to happen, that sort of thing. Eric is uh, the source for this. Eric, I appreciate you joining me on this Wednesday. Hey, no problem. Good to see you, Bobby. Yeah, good to see you. Uh, let's get go ahead and get straight to it. We're on the cusp of spring practice. It starts next Monday. Um, going to be down there watching what's going on as closely as we can, monitoring that. You wrote an article for Inside Texas uh, earlier today that I thought was uh, probably really uh, something that we would want to hit on in this show, and, and I think it's very topical. You kind of broke down position battles, but you did it in a way that I think is easy for folks to digest, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, you've got wide open positions, and really you list three of those, offensive guard, buck, and will. So offensive guard, buck, and will are the three open, truly open positions. There's some other positions that you list as technically open, but there are favorites. So let's start with the wide open ones and talk about what you see out of the offense guard, buck, and will. Start with offensive guard. Well, first, I wanted to, to mention that the the whole competition, the whole roster is in competition. If you're not competing to start, you're competing to for snaps or second team. Uh, members that are that are in the class of 22 are competing with each other at offensive line. Members in the class of 2023 are already competing with each other at linebacker. Uh, so they've really done a good job through the portal of, you know, weeding out the guys that aren't competitive that they never looked like they were going to play. And and all that's left really on the roster is competition. So. Uh, at offensive guard, like I just mentioned, you got uh, numerous members of the class of 2022 competing. Uh, you'll also have Hayden Connor. Uh, Cole Hudson is out. He was likely going to move to center anyways. Uh, so this opens the door for DJ Campbell, Malik Agbo, Agbo Neto Miozulu to try to uh, supplant Hayden Connor or win the other spot. Yeah, it basically it allows I like I like what you're saying here, though. And this is something you and I have talked about at length, as well as Jerry, Justin, Ian, Paul. Um the level of talent overall is increasing on the 40 acres. And as that happens, there's going to be more competition, not just for starting, but for backup reps. For, Future starters. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's getting groomed truly to be the next spot starter mm -hmm. at a spot. And uh, you mentioned uh, not only uh, Hayden Connor and Cole Hudson, who are the two returning starters, but DJ Campbell, uh, Malik Ogbo, as well as Neto Umiozulu, who I hear, is looking really good heading into to, uh, spring camp. Uh, before we get to Buck and Will, I want to say thank you to our sponsor. Uh, each and every state of the program has been sponsored by uh, the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, Adam Lowy and his guys down in Austin do a great job. If you've been injured in a car wreck, uh, have serious injury or catastrophic accident, anything like that in the workplace or elsewhere, give Adam and his guys a call. Uh, they'll treat you right. They care about the results of their clients. Uh, you are number one to them. Call Adam today at 512-280-0800 or reach them online at the lowylawfirm.com. Eric, let's go on to Buck now in that mm -hmm. position because I think it's important um, that that folks realize uh, with Ovi Agufu leaving and heading to basically the grad transfer portal to LSU, um, it wasn't considered a big loss for Texas. Uh, but there is somebody to re there. There is a a void left to replace him, and we just don't know who it is, right? 
Yeah, you know the the thing. I don't know that they're losing a whole lot because what he was pretty good at, and what he became, you know, pretty pretty reliable at uh, throughout his tenure was uh, run defense. You know, he didn't offer much in pass pass rush, and I think that you know Justice Finkley makes a lot of sense as a as an immediate replacement as a pass as a as a run defender, uh, and I think that they'll probably select for that first even over pass rush just to make things easier on the the new will linebacker. They're guaranteed to have a new will linebacker. Um, but behind him, you've got Jamon Tapp, who's the best athlete they have at the position, and Ethan Burke. I've heard a couple people mention perhaps moving Baron Sorrell over there to make way for Dre Bledsoe. That would leave uh, Jack rather thin, probably too thin for their liking. But if they move a guy over, like Chris Ross over there to Jack, maybe maybe they'll have their two-man duo in Bledsoe and uh, Ross while Colton Vosick, uh, you know, gets a little more time to develop. I don't know exactly how it's going to play out. I, I tend to think they're just going to leave Sorrell over there at Jack because he was, he was pretty good at it last season. So odds on favorite at Buck, you think it's just as Finkley because of what he brings to the table against the run? I think he's ready-made against the run. Uh, I think he's strong at the point of attack. Uh, but I do think that there's going to be chances for some third down pass rushing, third and long, um, you know, and then just really rotational play too. You know, I mean, it does, just because Jamon Tapp's a better pass rusher doesn't mean he'll be bad against the run. Uh, but I think just, just as Finkley's, you know, first off the bus and probably first on the field for edge. Uh, that's fair enough. Uh, so Finkley, Tapp, and Burke, you think, are the competitors, at least on paper, until we get into spring practice, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't see anybody else truly competing to to be one or two uh, or, or to be in a heavy rotation uh, at as of now. No. Unless they move somebody over, et cetera, like we right. talked about. Yeah, I mean, they could. I think they should probably look at moving Chris Ross somewhere because he's not big enough to hold up inside yet, uh, but he's big enough. I think he's good and athletic enough to, to play, you know, just probably not at that position. Gotcha. Um, Will is probably the Will linebacker spot is probably the biggest position to fill yeah. uh, at this point. Uh, the loss of DeMarvian Overshone. Uh, he was an interesting player in that he he did certain things great and struggled with certain things at times. Right. Yeah. Um, so how do you replace him? They they at least have Jalen Ford to go alongside him. That is a steadying presence, you would think, after the year he had a year ago. Uh, but not only do they lose, J uh, not only do they lose uh, Demarvin Overshone, they also lose Diamante Tucker Dorsey, who yeah. was their third leading tackler as a linebacker. Um, how do they fill this will spot? Who are the primary candidates, in your opinion? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But you know, the good thing about what what's instructive about Overshone was they were good at scheming him into pretty favorable looks and, and uh, duties. You know, it was a point and shoot weapon that they used. And I think if you were looking for a 1v1 replacement for him, uh, then it might be Anthony Hill because, uh, you know, as we mentioned, he's probably the best athlete they have at the position. Uh, but if you're looking for a more all-around instinctive linebacker, uh, Leona LaFowle is probably going to be get get more of a look there. Uh, I think he's the heir apparent to Jalen Ford after a year of development. Uh, I, I would be remiss if we uh, didn't mention Maurice Blackwell. I think he's more than capable of being the third linebacker at minimum. They might want to just leave him at Sam linebacker when they're in base defense uh, just because he really – it looked like the sparks were coming on uh, for him uh, late last season. And then, of course, there's David Benda. There's always a senior riser that surprises. Perhaps it's Benda. I think he's got to become a much more reliable tackler in the box. He's got to be more uh, more reliable finding the ball uh, in the traffic. 
Uh, and he hasn't demonstrated that yet. But you never know when the light's going to come on. It comes on at different times for people. But, you know, I think right now, Anthony Hill and Leona LaFau are probably my two favorites to come away with the will. Uh, I don't I don't want to discount Maurice Blackwell. He's just a little undersized. He's only about 210 right now. Uh, he's physical, despite being 210. He plays with a lot of energy. Uh, he practices with his hair on fire. He pra- practices like he plays. So I'm not discounting him winning Will. I would just tr- tend to figure out Will and leave leave uh, Blackwell at Sam while he has another year to put on weight. It's interesting you mentioned that about Blackwell because I, I, I like you, I thought he came on at the end. He made some plays against Baylor that were kind of eye-opening, in my opinion. Yeah. He, he, he created a tackle. Yeah, he created a tackle for loss, created some urgency on the Baylor quarterback one time. I mean, there, there's a, a couple different plays he made where he actually affected the outcome of a play, uh, which was which I thought was was unique in that defense. Not everybody did that last year. Uh, at the same time, David Benda is the other returnee. Uh, and here, here's my issue with David is that he's he seems to be big enough, quick enough, fast enough, all of those things. Yep. But he takes one misstep too often. Yeah. And, and if, if he can, to your point, if he, as a senior, can overcome that, then all of a sudden you're looking at a guy that's physically ready to be that guy. Whereas Anthony Hill and Leon LeFau, even though they're ta- uber talented, they may not be truly physically ready for the grind of, of a big time college football on a weekly basis day one. Yeah. I mean, processing is so big at that, that, uh, that position, you know, the, the faster you process, the better you are, the, the quicker you are in a position. It doesn't matter necessarily how fast you are. David Bend is one of the faster linebackers, but it doesn't necessarily help him. Uh, and, and reading the offense is a big part of it, too. You have to know where those blocks are coming from so you know how to take them on. Uh, you know, processing is a huge part of it. Uh, that's why I think if they're just looking for another point and shoot weapon like DeMarvian, where they can just give him a, a duty and, and just tell him to do it, pin his ears back. I think that 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 opens the door for Anthony Hill, probably above all else. Uh, but also not discounting Leon LaFau. He's about 225. He can run well. Uh, and I, he's a he's a physical guy. He's tenacious. He's, he's got an alpha personality, too, like Hill. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I think Will is probably my most uh, compelling – the most compelling position I've seen so far. I think uh, offensive guard is interesting as well, but there's just a lot of answers there. Uh, Will was kind of more unknown. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. You, all the guys at the offensive guard have been in the program at least for a year. So right. you, 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 you've touched and you've, you've seen the the the, uh, the Christmas presents, right? They've yep. been opened before. The, the ones that will are a little bit different. All right. Um, so let's move to the next piece of that. Before we do that, I want to make sure we uh, say give a plug here for InsideTexas.com. It's uh, the uh, the source for football and recruiting news on the Longhorns, uh, bar none. Uh, Eric, myself, Jerry Hamilton, Justin Wells, Paul Wadlington, Ian Boyd. Uh, we're all working, our Joe Cook, can't forget our beat reporter. Uh, we're all working each and every day on that site to bring you the very latest on Longhorn news and recruiting. And we've got a special right now, $30 all the way up till August 31st. So that'll take you and get you all the recruiting news coming up here in March. It'll get you the spring practice coverage, uh, which will have some uh, exclusive spring pra- practice coverage, as well as recruiting and fall practice the start of two-a-days uh, in fall. Uh, check it out, InsideTexas.com. Uh, Eric, uh, I look at this next group, and you said technically open, but with favorites. Mm-hmm. So I, I think everybody understands that that concept. Like we think it's we think it's open, or we think it's actually kind of closed. We, right. we think we know who's going to start. Sure, but the proof is in the pudding. So let's start at the one you mentioned, and that's boundary wide receiver. And we think it's Ad Mitchell, the transfer from Georgia 
But what do you do with Isaiah Nayor then if he's ready to go? What What are your well, thoughts? Yeah, these guys. I mean, these guys have to win the job. You know, we think they're going to win it, but they have to actually win it on the field. Um, you know, for culture, if, if you're going to if you're going to promote a culture of co- competition, you have to let competition play out, and you can't just anoint new new guys just because they were good at the at their previous stop. They have to beat out the guys that have been working hard within the program. Uh, and so, you know, Isaiah Nair, he's, you know, he's going to be an unknown until August. That'll be interesting if he returns to full, full health, 100%. I was writing more about uh, spring ball and even Casey Kane, you know, they like, they like Casey Kane. He's been in the program. They're not just going to put AD Mitchell above Casey Kane in the first practice. Obviously AD Mitchell's more likely to, uh, to win that job. He's a better vertical receiver and, and we know how much uh, Sark likes to go vertical. Uh, so that one's uh, that one seems pretty likely to go AD Mitchell's way. Um, you know, he's got to learn the playbook too. Uh, you know, it's not, just because he was good at Georgia, he'd been in that that program for a couple of years. Uh, things are going to be new to him, so I'll be interested to see how it goes this spring. But you know, by the time August rolls around, he'll be he'll be looking like a million bucks in the offense. Oh boy! All right, I I, I can't wait to see him in a Longhorn uniform. Uh, I just think that he will provide. He and Nayor both provide just such a different presence outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, I think Casey Kane is a, a good Longhorn and all that stuff. He just doesn't necessarily have that presence. Uh, wow, we got to really account for this guy. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. And I'm, not, I'm not sure Nair is always going to be competing with uh, Mitchell because Nair can play. If, if Nair is truly healthy, they'll, they'll try him at Z as well. Yeah, exactly. So they, they can move him in and out. All right, uh, field corner. Uh, this is where I think you and I agree it's going to be hard for anybody to take a spot away from a guy that started two, two years in big-time college football and Gavin Holmes, another transfer. Uh, in from uh, Wake Forest, but Terrence Brooks is sitting there. He may be the next guy up at corner. He may be the next guy up at nickel if they move him there. He may be a long-term safety just because mm-hmm. he's he's that yeah. talented across the board. Uh, but right now we kind of pencil in, at least with, you know, the thing about pencil, you can erase it if it happens. You think he's going to be the guy at corner, at field corner. Is it possible that Brooks even gets a look at trying to beat out Ryan Watts at boundary corner. Uh, I mean, I, I do think that long-term Brooks is. I, they're not going to be. Let's let's just you know, Brooks can play anything, <clears throat> and his position in the NFL is probably safety, like his dad. Uh, but you know, college isn't the same as 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 the pros. So you could probably you can get away with guys that that you know. Aaron Williams uh, was the prime candidate. He was a very good corner in college. Moved to safety very early in his career in Buffalo. Um, so Brooks, they're not going to be in a hurry to, to move Brooks. They want him to compete with Gavin, and they're very different corners. Gavin is more of a cover type. Brooks is more of a physical presence who can run around and, and uh, you know, reroute you. Uh, so they're going to let it play out on the field. I think that Holmes is, is their most dynamic cover man, uh, and, and you want that guy in the field. It, it takes a lot more, lot more pressure off the safety. Uh, Jaron Thompson to do, you know, to play in the box more, cover the tight ends. Uh, I, I just think Gavin Holmes is going to end up winning that. But they're not going to be in a hurry to move Brooks. I do think that. If Brooks wants to stay at corner, a move to boundary to replace uh, Watts in 2024 is his best bet. Uh, but they're not not super deep at safety, so I'm not I'm not ruling out Brooks being, you know, if, if let's say Catalan, you know, re-injures himself. Ho- hopefully that doesn't happen, but let's say it happens. 
uh, and you have enough time to move somebody there and get them in place, Brooks is probably the best candidate within the roster to, to, to move to boundary safety. This, um, this is interesting because you just you, you walked into the next position and that's boundary yeah. safety yep. where we all think Jalen Catalan is the guy. I mean, he started three years at Arkansas. He's plenty good. All SEC is a true freshman um, or redshirt freshman, I think. Um, the, the, that's about as good as it gets. The problem there is relying on him because he's been injury prone. Right. Uh, yeah. But you'd have to think he gets the job out out of the gate. Keaton Crawford the primary backup or Michael Taff? How does that work? Well, Taff was getting the reps there last year when Anthony Cook uh, got hurt, or at least towards the end of the season. Taff actually played pretty well towards the end of the season. You know, he's a little lost there at first. Um, there was a clear drop-off when Thompson was dinged up and Cook was dinged up with Crawford. Uh, I think Crawford's, you know, the you know, it's, it's going to be, he's going to have to compete with Taff and, and, uh, and Crawford, but a healthy Catalan, that's not a, that's not, not to say anything negative to Taff or, or Crawford, but that's not a lot of competition for him. But even Jalen Catalan has to knock the rust off and stay healthy. Um, yeah, that boundary safety, if something happens to uh, to, to Catalan, they're going to have to probably get creative. Uh, they could they could maybe move Jaron there and move, uh, move somebody like Gilbo to field safety. You know, they've got a lot of DBs. Some of those DBs that are versatile just don't have training. Uh, you know, they haven't been cross-trained all over. They've been focused in one position for the most part. Gilbo is still expected to be out um, this uh, yeah, spring. Yeah. But let me in, in, but, but to your point, I want to ask you about three guys that we rarely talk about from a depth perspective, Xavier and Bryce, mm -hmm. Austin Jordan and BJ Allen. Where are those three guys lined up in your, in your mind right now? Uh, well, for the in, in the piece, I called it a three man competition between Holmes, Austin Jordan and Brooks. Austin Jordan is sort of a mix between Brooks and, and Holmes. Um, he has good coverage ability, but he's also pretty physical. Doesn't cover as well as Holmes. Isn't quite as physical as Brooks, uh, but he's a nice combo of the two. Uh, and I think there's a, you know, I think he could be the backup field corner. Xavier Bryce, I've heard that, you know, he he could play this season if they needed him to. Still needs a little more time to, to physically develop. He's he's uh, he's very slight, um, you know. But and what he, position though for him? He's at field corner. Okay. Yep. And then and then BJ Allen is he behind? Uh, just clarify, is he behind Jalen Catalan's group? Or Jaron yes. Thompson's. Yeah, he's a boundary safety with Larry Turner Gooden. Uh, okay. BJ Allen, you know, it's a, it's a very big spring for him to to prove that he's going to become a player. Okay. Last position, and I appreciate everybody saying with us is uh, the uh, Jack group. Before I do that, I need to say our uh, thank you to our sponsor one last time, and that's Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, the Lowy Law Firm specializes in results for his clients, whether it's a tragic car wreck, uh, an accident in the workplace, or any sort of catastrophic serious injury. Adam is who you want to call. Adam, and call Adam today at 512-280-0800 or visit thelowylawfirm.com to learn more. Uh, Adam focuses on results. Uh, Eric, talking about the Jack position, uh, this is the one where Baron Sorrell played it last year. Uh, saw some time as a true freshman. We just assume he's going to be the guy, at least the lead guy, uh, heading into spring practice. But will he emerge as still being the guy post spring practice uh, when there's a guy like as talented as Jeray Bledsoe uh, right on his heels? Yeah, you know, a lot of competitions are between an experienced player and a very talented one. And, you know, it's hard to know when that talent is going to trump the experience. You know, if these guys stay within the same program under, under the same conditions, Jeray Bledsoe would probably emerge as a starter over Sorrell. But I don't know if that would uh, they would have to play together for seven years or they have to play together for two years. You just don't know. Uh, you know, Dre Bledsoe is an elite talent, um, 
Baron Sorrell is a good talent with experience. Uh, I, I tend to think Sorrell is going to be your starter, but Bledsoe is going to come on and, and play quite a bit next season. It's it's somewhat similar between uh, Finkley and and Tap, just not quite as open because you know Sorrell had five and a half sacks last year. There were games where he, you know, there was games that he kind of disappeared, but there were games where he was very prominent. Uh, and I think he's going to have a good year. He, you know, his his game is built on power, and another year in the strength and conditioning program, especially with her his work ethic, is going to produce a very powerful. Uh, field side edge so uh, I tend to think he's going to win it but Bledsoe is going to play a lot and and Sorrell's going to have more help and be able to get more rest uh, than he did last year he played a lot of snaps uh, that's a good breakdown of, of guys of this article that you wrote this morning on InsideTexas.com wide open positions in your opinion uh, and uh, the the uh, technical ones the question I had for you what do you think about running back is that a wide open position or is that yeah, I, I actually had that listed with the wide open, and the piece went longer. I had um, closed but competition for second team, and I also had uh, basically just closed in general, like, um, you know, tight end is closed, left tackle is closed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, um, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But yeah, running back ahead is wide open. Uh, even though I think, uh, I think highly of Jonathan Brooks, I think he's got uh, the experience and the talent to win that job fairly easily early on. Uh, I know a lot of people are wondering about Keelan Robinson. I think that was just... Uh, a carrot to keep Keelan around, uh, you know, and they might need that carrot again because the, the transfer portal opens up May, May 1st to 15th. I'm not saying Keelan's leaving or anything like that. It sounds like he has a budding rap career in Austin. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't, Jonathan, Jonathan Brooks is the clear number one within the program, uh, according to the people I talked to, but you know, the last time we saw him, uh, he was getting a few carries and, you know, he did, he looked electric on that one touchdown. He looked electric, uh, earlier in the season too. He had a hundred yard game. Yeah. Uh, he had a 70-yard run against Kansas. I, I erroneously said that it was the longest run of the season in an earlier video. B. John actually had a 78-yard run against UTSA uh, that I had forgotten about. But still, it showed that he had long speed, right? Yeah. And, and that was the, the piece that I wanted to uh, was trying to get across there. Uh, Eric, uh, that, that's a good wrap of that article. Is there anything you're really like looking forward to as we get going next week? I mean, what, what is the first thing you want to do? Like, we're going to try to go to spring practice, obviously, as much of it as Texas will allow media members uh, to go to. But you walk out there the first day and see spring practice. What are you looking for? Well, hopefully they'll let us see any sort of passing uh, uh, segment and we can, you know, we get an idea of how many wide receivers are playing. You know, that that's what I'll be tracking a lot. Of it. You know, one of the most talented positions, even though they weren't great at all last year, uh, some of that's quarterback play. Uh, is wide receiver. It's a very talented position on paper. To get the most out of this program, to me, you have to go three wide uh, with Jatavian Sanders at tight end and, and and breaking in one of those running backs. That's the that's the most talented. That's the most talented. You, know, you take a pressure off the running backs by spreading to thro uh, spreading the run. To me, that's the way to win with this this uh, this group of players. And I, I think that's the direction Sark's going. It looked like the direction he was going in the Alamo Bowl, but but we want to see more concrete evidence of it. Most intriguing freshman you really want to see. The true, uh, true freshman. Yeah, right. Uh, 
Man, probably Jonte Cook because I think there are snaps there for him, especially if Nair doesn't come back back 100%. Um, curious to see him. Uh, you know what? I got it. I have to stick with the two linebackers actually. The will position. Uh, there's a lot. There's so many. Uh, there's so many newcomers that I run through all of them in my brain, processing a little slow. But there's 14 true freshmen on campus. Uh, I would go with. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think um, Anthony Hill and Leona LaFau equally. I, I gotta say this. I gotta. We we often forget about Cedric Baxter, and it's not a. It's just one of those things. I, I want to see how well he takes to the college game. I think we all he, – he's extraordinarily talented. But is he going to be able to know the plays? Is he going to be able to pick up a blitz? Is he going to be physical? I mean, truly, truly physical. And I think we'll get a sense. We won't, however, get a sense in week one of practice when there are no pads. Yeah. And you know, they can't hit and that sort of stuff. So yeah, he, maybe, uh, he, maybe he's a he's a later check-in of how he's doing. He's got to yeah, he's got to adjust to a new run scheme. You know, he ran ran a lot of gap schemes, which kind of you know puts you on a put you on a, a train tracks of where to go. Uh, inside inside zone or zone's gonna give him uh he's gonna have to read blocks a little bit differently. So uh, I'll be interested to see how he adapts to that. But you're right, that's gonna be a later in spring uh, to figure that out. Gotcha. All right. Eric Nolene, InsideTexas.com publisher. Uh, that has been this week's State of the Program. Special thanks to our sponsor, Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. Eric, uh, I'll see you next week. Uh, can't wait to get out and see a couple practices yeah, and, and hope everything goes good. well for the Longhorns. I'll see you, bud. See you, buddy. Have a good one. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting, and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, thank you for watching again and hook them.